Welcome to another Beyond Camp mini pod with Rachel and Cassie. Today we're diving into a slightly different topic than what we normally would do. Often we use these mini pods to sort of rant and ramble on about a topic that's on our minds. But today we're going to take you through a bit of a path of some of our learning that we've had recently. Today we're going to be talking about the term self-care. Welcome to Beyond Camp, a podcast for summer camp directors and leaders by Go Camp Pro. Beyond Camp explores the intersection of camp and the rest of our lives. Camp professionals know that all aspects of our lives affect our camp experience. And Beyond Camp is here to dive into the messy, brave, and joyous conversations that surround that fact. Check out our show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. Now, we've talked a lot about self-care throughout the podcast. We've talked about different ways to take care of ourselves and the importance of it. But it was brought to our attention by Elena Madison, who was on one of our earlier podcasts about body positivity. If you haven't had a chance, you need to go listen to that podcast. Um, Just fantastic. And she reached out to us and let us know um, about the origins of the term self-care. And she said, you know, I think that you should reach in, you should read into this, look this up um, and just do some learning. And we're like, wow, great. That's um, super important. And we're really grateful for this chance to learn because self-care is a, a term that we've been using all the time. You know, you see it on Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, Lush tries to sell your products based on self-care. It's everywhere. And it's always not quite sat right with Cassie and myself. That's why we always talked about ways to recharge that don't involve spending large amounts of money on bath products and going to the spa because that isn't acceptable to everyone, nor is that what we want. Let me tell you, bath bombs just stress me out. The glitter, not a good time, but I digress. So... Today, we're going to dive into what this phrase means and what we have learned and um, how we might use this phrase differently in the future. Be sure to check out our show notes for a direct link to the article that we are going to be discussing and that we've taken a huge amount of learning from. Cassie, I'm going to pass this over to you now to share some of the knowledge that you've learned. Yeah, one of the things that really stood out to me, like right off the top, there's a lot But you had mentioned briefly there, like how reflective self-care is on social media. So the article says that hashtag self-care has been used more than 18 million times on Instagram alone. So search it, look for that and see what you see. And you're not going to see the history of self-care. You're not going to see that you're going to see people who look and present themselves a certain way. So I'm going to say it. I bet you're going to see a bunch of straight cis uh, white women uh, yeah. at the spa and with fancy bath products. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we really need to understand where this word comes from. And the article that Cassie's res- um, referencing is by Audre Lord, uh, And we're going to link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. So that just really stood out to me as like how much we have taken this term from its original standing, which we're going to get to in a bit, to where we have it right now and how we should maybe restructure what it is to make it work for what it originally was, which mm-hmm. actually comes down to a little bit of political warfare. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what it was, because this was a huge learning to me. Um, and yeah. Audre Lord. Uh, who's the person who wrote this article, uh, is a self-identified Black uh, lesbian mother as well. Yeah, so she actually wrote a book called The Burst of Light uh, after being diagnosed with cancer. And she talked about self-care as a a radical political act. And she quoted that caring for myself is not self-indulgent. It's self-preservation 
And that is an act of political warfare. Those are such strong words. Exactly. I don't like to try and like dive into that, I think would destroy her words. And the words alone say so much as Mm -hmm. a single entity. Yeah. And I think the, the act of political warfare comes from a place of society and folks saying that certain people shouldn't care for themselves or weren't worthy of that or mm-hmm. didn't have the time to do that. And so when this comes from uh, a person of color, from queer folks, it's them taking back their space and saying, I deserve to be taken care of and I deserve to take care of myself. Yeah. And it's you're preserving yourself and your identity in the community that exists that mm-hmm. sometimes isn't open and receptive, but can be perceived and can be hostile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a bold definition of that term that we just so casually throw around. Um, when we were reading that article together, a phrase that really stood out to me, and I thought, wow, like how uh, watered down, how diluted this phrase has become. Uh, when she writes, self-care can become an excuse to avoid pushing ourselves even slightly outside of comfort zones. As a consequence, we miss out on opportunities to learn and to have experiences we can't directly control. Um, and I know at camp, I often talk to my staff about stepping outside of their comfort zones and you got to be on that learning edge so we can grow, but you don't want to be in that panic zone. And sometimes folks can take comfort zone theory and be like, well, like I'm in my panic zone, like I'm unsafe. And it's like, oh, are you, or are you just not comfortable with the uncomfortable? I think this speaks to it. I think we can avoid putting ourselves in new situations for different situations because we're like, oh, I need to take care of myself. I can't do that. I can turn down this obligation. She also writes about how the phrase self-care stops us from making commitments because we're like, oh, like I can't, I can't commit to doing something weekly or I can't commit to something new because I have to take care of myself. Yeah. And I, I can definitely say that I'm guilty of getting out of things because I need to spend some time alone. Mm-hmm. And I think with anything like what we've talked yeah. about, there's always a balance. There, there definitely is, but I've definitely used quote unquote self-care as an excuse to not participate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it's, uh, it's interesting. So it depends on how we look at it, right? Like it's one thing to be like, oh, you know, like I, I don't feel like going out to the bar this weekend, you know, back in the day when we could do that one weekend again soon to be like, I'm going to pass it on this, pass on this experience because I need some time to myself mm-hmm. versus I'm not going to go to a rally. I'm not going to go to a book reading by an author who I haven't heard about. I'm not going to put myself in this new situation because I need to take care of myself. Um, and how can we prioritize those things? Because if you're not going to those things, that might make you a little bit uncomfortable where you're going to learn, but you are doing your like typical stuff because you, you're then, sorry, you're deciding what you can replace self-care with. Yes. There were some really like, and that growth of like it self-care becoming an excuse for me time has kind of gone over time to move us from like preservation to improving and self-care is self-help. And there's just so many different pieces that they talk about. And like that dynamic of how it's shifted and changed over the years has just, I think, diluted the term almost. Mm -hmm. So I think my understanding from reading this article, and I could be wrong, um, is that self-care, when we talk about an act of political warfare and a radical act in self-preservation, it was taking care of yourself so you could go back out and continue those fights and those battles. Um, Mm -hmm. And for um, feminists and queer folks and people of color who've been leading the charge in so many movements, self-care was a way for them to ensure that they could keep fighting those fights. 
it wasn't um, something that they did so that they would feel better when they went to brunch tomorrow. Exactly. I think the other piece that really stood out to me is as they started talking about it and everything that it's where it aligned with kind of how we see self-care, that it's not the indulgent activities, but it's taking care of yourself as a being doing what you need to do as well. Mm -hmm. I think what's Sorry. Also included just the basics of like getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. I think what's important to note here is that a phrase that was coined by a black woman has now been taken, watered down, uh, really like set up well for, for markets. It's um, been really commercialized. That's the phrase I'm looking for there. Um, Yeah. And it's moved so far away from the truth that we don't talk about its origins. We don't talk about this queer black woman who came up with this phrase as a way to continue to advocate for her community. We talk about it in terms of bath bombs and spa visits. Um, And more often we as white folk need to take time to, to learn about the origins of these things and to understand if this phrase is appropriate for what we're trying to do. So after Cassie and I learned about this, we did try to move away from using this phrase and talk about um, other things more closely aligned with what we were talking about. So recharging ourselves um, is just that. It's learning different ways to recharge our batteries so we can go back to work, which is different than self-care, I think, um, mm-hmm. because we are talking about a radically political act. We're talking about ways to make sure that we're surviving in an industry where um, too often we overwork ourselves and burn ourselves out. And so we wanted to share this with you because we want all of us to continue to learn together and to understand that sometimes we can use things and not understand their origins, but once we learn our origins, it's our responsibility to use these words appropriately and to um, learn together so that we can do better in the future. On that note, I think we're going to wrap up another mini pod. We're so grateful for you uh, being here today to continue to learn with us. We encourage you to check out the show notes. I know we don't often have a ton of stuff in them for mini pods, but this week there's some great links um, and some great learning. So thank you so much and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Beyond Camp is a part of Go Camp Pro and the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network. Find a podcast for camp professionals of every age and stage at gocamp.pro slash podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.